This is the Run In My Mouth Friday Funny, where it's funny because fill in the blank. I'm your host, Carly Sauer, aka Coach Carly, and today's podcast is a dynamic warm-up short excerpt from our upcoming episode to get you even more jazzed about tuning in than you already are. Hope you enjoy it. Happy weekend. And don't forget to leave your five-star review before you cool down and X out. This season two finale is graced by the presence of a real-life Superman, in my opinion, at least. It was so fun to have the opportunity to chat at length about his athletic background, present life keeping fit, and future staying the course. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. J.J. Sauer. J.J. is a highly educated, longtime runner and competitive athlete, mastermind insurance executive, lover of travel, at least pre-pandemic travel, wine enthusiast, proud father, rugged, legendary white tails wearing Jeep owner, lethal weapon, aka karate expert, and my favorite part, my husband. It's funny because sometimes it's just ingrained naturally. Be sure to follow the Run In My Mouth podcast right here to be alerted when JJ's full episode drops on Monday. Oh, I started sports as, I mean, pretty much as soon as I could walk and run. Um, I had, you know, some kind of ball or not bat, stick in my, I never played baseball. I was- Really? Ever? Never. I mean, in, in gym class and pickup and yeah. stuff, like I know how to swing a baseball bat. That's why you don't like baseball. <laughs> um, but I, it just always felt boring. Well, that's because you I like, never played it. Though. I like baseball. I mean, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Red Sox fan along with the Patriots, um, but I don't really ever watch baseball unless I Well, I know. Anytime game. I want to like turn it, well, you don't like the Yankees, but anytime I want to turn the Yankees game on, you're just like, oh my God, how, like, how do you watch this? <laughs> and I used to watch, I actually used to watch a lot of baseball. Um, yeah. In my 20s, but just not as well, much anymore. I going mean. out, like yeah. bars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's um, or, sitting in your house. Or with roommates. With in front of a, yeah, in front yeah. of a TV by yourself is different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but no, I was, so I was one of the only kids you'll you'll meet who was an athlete in many sports yeah. that never played any level of baseball. What about where you baseball. grew up? So you grew up in Connecticut. People are hockey. Or is that more like Boston people? No, hockey is big. You didn't play hockey, did you? I did not Ice play hockey. hockey because my dad didn't like hockey. Yeah. He liked basketball, which yeah. is the other winter sport. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I, I, I hope our basketball. son doesn't play hockey. That shit is like well, 5 a.m. And he also didn't want to get up at 4 <laughs> yeah, 5 exactly. o'clock in the morning. And it's also a really expensive sport to well, play. Of course. You got to travel all over the place. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a it's real a commitment. big commitment. Yeah. Absolutely. I love hockey. Uh, I wish I had played hockey yeah. instead of basketball, uh, but you know that's that's life. I've played ball hockey in, in Bermuda. Well, if our son wants to years. play hockey, you can take him to practice. Yeah, and and I'm happy to do that <laughs> if he wants to, because uh, I think I think that's a great sport. So, but no, I was always um, football, basketball, and lacrosse. I played soccer before I was old enough to play football, yeah. but then I started playing football in third grade. As soon as I could play football, yeah. I played football. That's that's my favorite sport. Yeah. Favorite sport to watch at this point. Lacrosse is my favorite sport to play. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, wait, lacrosse, your favorite sport to watch? No, no. It's yeah. favorite sport to play. Yeah. But that's also because it's it's always been my best sport, pretty much. Uh, most enjoyable you know, then, I'm, yeah. I'm not the most physical guy. You know, I'm like 
in my prime 6'1", 175 pounds, that's not the build yeah. of a, an American football player, unless you're like a defensive back or a wide receiver. But I wasn't quite fast enough to do that at yeah. a high level. So lacrosse, I mean, I could run all day long, so I played midfield. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and with lacrosse, my dad played at Notre Dame in college, so I had a stick in my hands yeah. when I was like six well, he's years he's super old. passionate about it, Absolutely. even to this day. Absolutely. Talks about it all the time. Well, I mean, he, you know, we've spoken about this. He started the third and fourth grade league in Darien, Connecticut. Yeah. And Darien is one of the powerhouse towns in the country. Yeah. I mean, we were always top 10 in the nation when I was there. And that got even better after I left. One year, they were national champions. In high but school? High school. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do they separate it by travel teams or just school levels? There's travel teams for like third and fourth, fifth and sixth, seventh and eighth. But then when you get to high school, it's just there's one public high school in Darien. I mean, it's a town of 20, So that's where everyone people. focuses? Yeah. Um, but when I was coming up, they started fifth and sixth grade. It wasn't like it is now where they have like peewee programs, you know, yeah. kindergarten, first and second grade that did not exist back then. So I had not really picked up a lacrosse stick since college, 21 yeah. years old. Did you like a 10 year? So it was the same league. That you're playing in now like the pickup same guy same stuff yeah yeah so i i met a guy in my first year there who was a, co a u.s college lacrosse player he was probably 10 years older than me also really quick aside y'all i'm sorry if you can hear me fumbling rappers over here the um the uh what are these called hershey kisses sitting next to me got to me so i've downed three of them i'm on the fourth so i'm sorry for the rappers but just in case you hear it, it's me opening and closing Hershey Kisses. Okay, so you met a guy who... So I met this guy who was a U.S. college lacrosse player. He'd been there for a number of years. He said, we've got these pickup games that we play every Thursday night in a basketball gym. I had never played indoor lacrosse, but you basically just play with a racquetball, not a hard hmm. rubber lacrosse But ball. it's the same game otherwise. It's the same game otherwise. Hmm. Yeah, we Are all... you allowed to use the walls for like ricochet shots or no? You would never ricochet shots. That's it's the walls are too far away to actually Let's, get yeah, that's the what goal. I'm it's, it's a, it's yeah. a hockey goal when you play indoor, so it's a lot smaller. Okay, a field, so it is a little different. A field lacrosse goal is six feet by six feet square. A uh, hockey goal is I don't know three feet by two feet, something like that. Yeah, two and a half feet. So it's it's Tiny. a lot. It's a lot smaller. Yeah, and the walls are Super far fifty away. feet away. Yeah, so you would never actually ricochet shots. Um, but anyway, I, I went out and played that and it was a lot of fun. And I think I scored six goals my first night there. Not that it's super competitive or anything like that, that makes but you they, feel good. Yeah. they knew that I was good and I was playing with my college stick that was 10 years old. And at that point I had Brooklyn, yeah. my yellow lab, who was two. And she had been living in Bermuda with me. Chew it. <laughs> no, I would take her down to the oh, beach right, and I would right, throw right. tennis balls to her right. at the beach into the ocean and she would run and jump through the waves yeah. and bring them back. So the stick is like caked in sand. <laughs> yeah. It's there was no weathered. There was no pocket in yeah, it. Weathered, yeah. So even with that shitty stick, I was still pretty good and I hadn't picked up a stick in ten years. I was athletic and good shape and everything. And so they said you should 
you know, after a couple of sessions and motivated, of that, motivated said, you should try out for the, the national team yeah. the next time we do it. And when I say the national team, it's not like there's a standing national lacrosse team in Bermuda that is practicing together all the time. They form a team every four years uh, for the world championships, which is just like the soccer world cup, but it's not like in, in between the world championships, there's a league, there's yeah. a league and they're practicing all the time. Half our team, at least were kids who were playing collegiately in the U S in fact, in Israel in 2018, we had five kids that were playing high school in the U S hmm. they were 18 years old. That's cool. I was yeah. 35 going on 36 years old. So we didn't have an opportunity to get together and practice as a team all the time. So that was something that was just, you know, every couple of years you would do that. Yeah. And it was a great opportunity to do it. I was, you know, lucky enough well, to I was gonna make say, the team for two world championships. Yeah. I was going to say, you can't belittle that, right? Like that's still no. like, regardless of how small the country is, regardless of how, like you said, like little organization there is to the organization of the national team. Like, Pretty fucking cool. Yeah, and, and, and we didn't do poorly at, yeah. at either. In 2014, it was in Denver. In 2018, in Israel. I think in Denver, we came in 24th out of 40 teams. About. Yeah, I mean, like you got to And we were by far the smallest country in the mm -hmm. whole thing. And we were the only ones that never really had an opportunity to practice as a team. You know, when kids were on college break, they'd come down to Bermuda and we'd organize practices. But other than that, yeah, that's really it. nothing. And then in Israel, I think we came in, I don't know, somewhere around 30th out of 50 teams. Something and like what that. qualifies you to be eligible for the national team? Like you have to, you obviously don't have to be a, you a, have a to, national, like you, you have be a to, resident. You have or... to be a resident for sure. So if, unless you are a Bermudian uh, citizen. You have to be a resident of Bermuda for, I think, at least a year or two years, something like that, mm -hmm. which I was. And that was it. Um, because lacrosse is a growing sport internationally in particular. And not a whole lot of restrictions. There's on that. not, yeah, it's, it's changing now. I think I got into that window and going forward, they're changing the rules. Mm and they're going to become more strict and you are going to be, have to be a citizen or, you know, a permanent resident or something like that. Yeah. I have some kind of like blood you lineage just, or something. Yeah, you can't just be a, an expat worker yeah. there. We had kids who also, you know, the, so the U S college kids, even if they weren't Bermudian, some of them had a Bermudian grandmother. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. We had a kid who yeah. played for Syracuse, which is, you know, one of the top, U.S. college yeah. cross programs, and his grandmother was Bermudian, and he was our star player. Yeah, so which is cool. I mean, yeah. it's like an awesome opportunity. Absolutely, I mean, a great that, way to shine too. You know, well, it him. was an, it was an cool. incredible opportunity to be able to rub elbows yeah. with like the U.S. and Canadian national teams. Yeah. which I would never sniff the U.S. national. Yeah, team. I mean, come on, not not on my best day could I ever run with those guys. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, it's really but cool. But to be in the same arena with them yeah championship and then when we were playing them we played puerto rico in 2018 which yeah. was, i think they finished sixth or seventh oh they, they beat us 18 wow. to three i wouldn't expect <laughs> yeah i don't know it doesn't sound like a lacrosse well, country to me but that's well they cool. were all american kids yeah. yeah i was i was lining up next to a guy at a face-off and he said so are all you guys 
from Bermuda? <laughs> and I said, well, we all either live there or we are Bermudian. Yeah. And he goes, oh, wow, no, not us. We all live in Long Island. <laughs> and they just have like, rel- like same but thing, as long like as, lineage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As long as you have a Puerto Rican grandma, yeah, you can you're eligible play for there. the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Mean, but you but know, all of that is changing now. And, and I think lacrosse is actually going to be an Olympic sport in yeah. 2026. Yeah, I think you're right about that. From 2014... The coolest thing by far to me was the opening ceremonies, which was kind of like the opening ceremonies of the Olympic Games, obviously on a much smaller scale. But yeah. We're in a professional stadium. And because it's Denver, Colorado. I was going to say where? Okay. Where Denver, lacrosse yeah. is big. There, are, I mean, we, we met American kids who had driven with their parents from Texas hmm. to come and watch this thing. And I was signing autographs. Yeah, that's cool. I'm an insurance executive. <laughs> And I'm signing autographs for lacrosse. They didn't know that yeah. I wasn't a very good lacrosse player. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so you come in and they're playing the national anthem for your country. And, you know, we were all dressed in the Bermuda shorts with the high socks <laughs> and the blue That's blazers. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, we all had matching red shorts. So it was it was really cool. You walk onto the field and waving to everybody in the stands and stuff. That was by far the coolest experience. Yeah. Playing the game is obviously awesome as well. But that was just so. Is that surreal. the most people you've ever played in front of at those experiences, or no? Yeah. Um, well, in high school, we played a game under the lights against Ward Melville, which was huge. They were the number one team in the nation for two years in a row. Yeah. My senior year, we played them under the lights out there in Long Island, and there was at least a thousand people there. For most of our games in the worlds, there, you know, was probably a hundred people there. Mm. Um, you know, we weren't trying big crowds because there were big games everywhere. Yeah. Um, so like a complex type thing. Yeah, exactly. There were 10 games going on at the same time, or at least five games. So we weren't the ones drawing the crowd. Yeah. So we weren't playing in front of big crowds there, but there was at least 10,000 people in the stands for the opening ceremonies. And so we weren't actually playing lacrosse. But still yeah, all the people. So, yeah. So that was awesome. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, playing in the games, we, we had a couple of games that were televised on ESPN plus yeah. and they had announcers and everything. That's cool. We yeah. played Mexico, both 2014 and 2018. And both of those games were on ESPN plus and playing against Wales, Puerto Rico. Um, in fact, in, in one of those games, I remember going back and I, I had a good game, uh, I think it was against Mexico in 2018. I had a couple of big hits that they called a couple of them. They called me for unnecessary roughness and I <laughs> two minutes in the box, uh, which was total BS. Yeah. But I laid <laughs> Spoken a couple like of guys a out. So I, wanted yeah. to, so I wanted to go back after the game and, and look Watch at the, the yeah. feed. And I caught the announcer saying something after I laid this guy out. He was like, oh, yeah, JJ Sauer. He was a, a star at Derrick oh, High School how funny back is in that? the day. You ran an ultra marathon, which was like one of the big things we clicked on when we first met was distance running because it takes a special kind of character to want to be by yourself and in your head and all fucked up for that long. Yeah. <laughs> so when you said that you like to run long distances, when we first started talking. I, you know, as someone who's run ultra marathons and coached, you know, many marathons and 
when I coach marathons, I'm running an ultra marathon. It's just like, it takes a, a, a special way to tick, if you will, to have the desire to do it, to actually train for it. And then thirdly, to stay healthy enough to, to do it, right? To complete it and actually complete it and enjoy it and have fun, you know? Um, so when you had all of those experiences, you're like, yeah, I just decided to do it. I trained, I trained myself. Um, I did it. I had fun. It was, it was a great time. I almost won. My mom was like, you know, oh my God, you did it. You're alive. And you're like, yeah, let's, let's walk out of here and like go get food. All of those things are, you know, we had in common and had a lot to talk about, but what for our listeners, what was your inspiration to do it? Was it something you always wanted to do? No. Did you God, enjoy no. the training? Like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, good question. So I was basically on uh, an athletic high going from one thing to the next. Mm -hmm. So Maybe the, the boxing thing. The, so the world games for lacrosse uh, the second time around was the summer of 2018. Did that, got into the best shape of my life. Uh, I was going to the gym like six or seven days a week yeah you know watching what i ate i would be in the gym for two hours at a time i'd be running everything so i was in the best shape of my life yeah. coming out of that at the end of the summer and then i did this boxing thing which was just a charity boxing event which you know there was probably a thousand fans there at this gym in bermuda and it was really cool. And so I was like, Oh, let me, you know, I'm in good shape now. Let me sign up for that. I've never boxed. Yeah. The training for that's intense, huh? Well, I thought it was, I, I didn't realize <laughs> what it was going to be to be perfectly honest. Yeah. So I thought you were just going to show up on the day and throw a bunch of haymakers and that was raise it. money. Yeah. Raise money. No, you were assigned to a gym and <laughs> the you trainer. had to go there yeah. four days a week. <laughs> for an hour and a half, two hours at a time and put in the work. You yeah. do the bag class, you do sparring, you get I hated you know, sparring. personal instruction. Yeah. It was intense and it was, I mean, it was a great exercise and good camaraderie with the other guys you were doing it with and the coaches were great. Yeah. But it was, it was tough. Absolutely. And I, I learned how to box. I, I didn't become a good boxer. I mean, I, I lost. No, but they're good life but, skills though, too. Yeah. I, the, the one thing that I didn't know was to keep your hands in front of your face at all times seven. unless you're throwing a punch. Yeah. And then when you actually fought, that did not happen. That did not happen. <laughs> well, I grew up watching Roy Jones Jr. and guys like that yeah. who did not have the textbook yeah. form, but they were really professional strong boxers and, good. Yeah, and yeah. really good. And they were not the good examples textbook to watch so yeah. well i don't talk about this a lot on the podcast but i i had uh, quite a bit of training in boxing when i lived in miami i actually worked for a boxing gym and you know trained with some professional fighters and you know went and saw fights and all this kind of stuff and so when jj and i were first talking about this and he's like yeah i just thought you like signed up and showed up but then they like wanted me to train i was like oh fuck that's a that's a rude awakening <laughs> especially like with the schedule you know that you lead like you work a lot you know and want to do your own go, workouts i would go straight from work to there yeah six o'clock at night and not get out of there until eight yeah 30, something long like days that. and having a dog and having responsibilities yeah. yeah and there were probably three or four other guys that were training in that same gym as me and they were doing the same yeah. thing um and it was you know it was tough. it was tough work not something that I would 
probably repeat anytime soon, but it was, it was cool. It was a really good experience. And some of the guys that I was sparring with in that gym who were in different weight classes, they, they were big guys. Yeah. They were a couple inches tall. You guys wore me. headgear in the actual event? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, we had, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So both, both in training and the actual Well, yeah, event. training, definitely. Yeah. But I was, yeah, I was curious. I forget. I, I know I've saw, I've seen the video, but I can't remember what it looked like. Yeah, you, you did have to wear headgear. But I I would get these bloody noses. Oh, right. In sparring because yeah. I'm going against guys that are, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. Yeah. You also have like a sensitive nose. I never did before that. <laughs> really? This is after that. Yeah. <laughs> now when I run, my, my left nostril after like 20 minutes yeah. of running starts to run a yeah. little bit. And it's, it started that. Yeah. This one uh, big guy who was like 230 pounds you, yeah. would constantly open that up when we were sparring. And so when I got to the main event, that's were, what happened. There right? were a lot of haymakers thrown, actually. All my training, unfortunately, went yeah. out the window. I was <laughs> I was well trained and the guy came after me right at the, the opening yeah. bell. He You're just like started lost. throwing punches and I just lost him. He was 10 years younger than me. He was an Irish guy. He had tattoos all over his torso. Uh, and he had boxed before. And he was very aggressive. So then I wanted to be aggressive. Yeah. I was like, well, the, the crowd, Fuck it. Yeah. You know, let's give them what they want. <laughs> yeah. Some of the other matches, they were very defensive. It was like watching a Floyd Mayweather fight. Yeah. Just boring. <laughs> so we had the most entertaining fight of the night. Or at least I like to think so. Yeah. Um, and one, one of them. Bloody brawl. <laughs> but yeah, he opened up my, my recurring bloody nose and the ref stopped the fight. Yeah. Uh, so... I felt fine, but he got in a couple of good shots and that was that. So, you know, I went from the lacrosse to the boxing. And then after that, my brother-in-law gave me David Goggins' mm -hmm. first book, Can't Hurt Me. And David Goggins, as you know, but our listeners might not know, is a former Navy SEAL, mm -hmm. one of the biggest badasses on the planet. And after he, you know, went and became a Navy SEAL, he, well, he, he also became an army ranger. Mm -hmm. I think he's the only guy in the U.S. military ever to do both, uh, do both SEAL and ranger training. And, and he then, loves it. Yeah. Oh, he's he such a hard ass. He's just like, give me more. And he has the most the entertaining social media account <laughs> on the planet. But he became an ultra marathoner after his U.S. Navy Because career. obviously he would. Takes obviously a little bit of psycho and to do that. If you don't know who he is, look him up and you'll yeah. understand what kind of person he is. But I read his book, which was his, his first book, his autobiography. And he talks about all of the trials and tribulations that he went through in his life and how it ultimately culminated with him becoming a professional ultramarathoner. And I had never even heard, I, I guess I had heard of ultramarathons before, but I didn't really know anything about them. Yeah. And it just inspired me to say, you know what, I, I want to do that.